They say you have three names. The one you inherit from your family. The one your parents gave you. And the one you make for yourself. So create the brand of you. Find the job you've always dreamed of and make it yours by going to Irish Jobs, Ireland's online recruitment platform. Take control of your career. Visit irishjobs.ie and move up to the next level you. Irish Jobs. Make a name for yourself. Time now for Rocky Jordan. Not far from the Mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Cafe Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's story, champagne, caviar, and hot ice. It was Friday afternoon and the end of the month. I was sitting in the office of the tambourine checking my monthly statement from the British Bank of Cairo. Something looked funny. I went over the figures again, checking the withdrawals against the deposits, and the final figure didn't jive. Turned out that I had 250 pounds, 1,000 American dollars more on my account than I should have. Well, that was real pleasant, but I knew it couldn't last. So I put in a call to Hennessy at the bank to tell him about it. £250, you say? Yeah, that's what I said. In your favor? That's almost unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, Are you sure, Mr. Jordan? I went over the statement three times. But but what I'm trying to say, Mr. Jordan, is that we never make a mistake in the depositor's favor. Uh, Look, Hennessy, uh, check into it, will you, before I spend the money? Uh, Of course I will, old boy, of course. £150. Mr. Croton will have apoplexy if it's true. I'll call you Monday, Mr. Jordan. Well, I let it go at that. I had bigger things to worry about. Tourist troubles. Sometimes the tambourine attracts a class of people it never intended to. I don't know where they hear about my place, but they do. And every once in a while, the champagne and caviar set puts in an appearance. That Friday night, I hit the jackpot. A Russian count with enough money to buy Australia, his actress girlfriend, and their entire entourage, including a 76-year-old chaperone and a small man to open bottles, Decided to do a little slumming at the tambourine. They picked themselves a couple of big tables in the center of the room and proceeded to have a time. (laughs) Usually, I don't mind a thing like that too much. A body like that makes a big noise on my cash register. But there was something about this one that bothered me. It was the dame, a classy brunette draped in an ermine coat, carrying an ermine-covered pocketbook big enough to hide a bottle of bourbon in. But she also wore a diamond brooch that shone like a Klieg light at a Hollywood preview. It was the kind of thing that could cause trouble. Mr. Jordan! Mr. Jordan! Well, the Count was calling me, so I moved out from back of the bar and went over to his table. <laughs> ah, Mr. Jordan. It is your pleasure to meet me firsthand. I am Count Jukovic. How do you do? And this is the most wonderful woman in all the world. <laughs> An actress who can wring from a man's heart such emotion and such feeling as to make tears come. Oh, Ivan. Mr. Jordan, Miss Van Houten. Gloria, it is perfectly all right for you to greet this man. Oh, thank you. 
Mr. Jordan, I think your cafe is positively quaint. But I mean positively. I thought you meant quaint. Quaint? Yes, quaint, it's true. <laughs> I'm so misunderstood. Uh-huh. But I do think your cafe is most enchanting. I could tell the moment I stepped in, as the low, flickering lights cast shadows of mystery. Gloria, this is no time for an audition. Oh, sorry, Ivan. I was carried away. Now, look, kids, have fun. Huh? I've got some things to do in the back room. If you'll excuse me. No, no, Mr. Jordan, sit. I wish you to have the pleasure of drinking with me. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> no need for thanks, my good man. I do not hold my money against you. At those. A toast! To Gloria Von Heusen, a magnificent actress who can break a man's heart with a hiccup. <laughs> Nazarovia! I noticed, Mr. Jordan, that you're looking at my brooch. It'd be a little hard to miss. Most lovely, Mr. Jordan, a family heirloom, worn once by Her Majesty Catherine of Russia when she was attempting to uh, <laughs> secure military aid from Louis of France. Uh-huh. Uh, I bet she made it. Now it is a symbol of my love for Miss Van Heusen. Pretty expensive symbol. Couldn't you have left it uh, at home in a safe? Of course not, Mr. Jordan. I couldn't go out without it. For I would feel positively naked. (laughs) Here come another toast. This one to me. To Count Ivan Ivanovich Lukovich. Descendant of the Imperial family. Look. Now, what is it, Chris? A couple of guys at a bar getting tanked. They look a little nasty. Trouble? I think so. Come on, let's put a stop to it. Over at the end of the bar, Rock. Those two? Yeah, the guy with the bottle. Hey, you guys. Put on that chair. Put your tongue out. Oh, Rock. Come on, let's start together together. Find yourself a table to crawl under, Chris. We're not going to be able to stop this. themselves a real fine affair. They broke a lot of chairs and glasses and turned over a lot of tables. Then someone tripped the lights. They did a lot of fighting in the dark. Then just as suddenly as the fight began, it stopped. When the lights went back on, the tambourine looked like an after picture of a Legion convention. But that's not all. Count Lakovich was still there. So was Gloria Van Heusen in her ermine-covered bag and coat. But the diamond brooch was gone. Didn't take Sam Sabaya, captain of the Cairo police, long to put in an appearance. No, 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 it's too much. Celebrities such as we honor the city of Cairo by our presence. And now this. Uh, Count Lukovic, I assure you this affair is most regrettable. Enough. It's not only that the house of Lukovic has been insulted, the heart of a beautiful lady has been broken. Oh, no, Ivan, you mustn't worry about me. After all, a great actress must learn to suffer. Captain Sabaya, were you not instructed by high authorities to give us every protection? That is true, Count Lukovic. Very well. I warn you, I'm a most big man. Most big. If the brooch is not returned at once, I will see to it personally that you are discharged. Yes, I quite understand, uh, Count Lukovic. Come now, my dove. I will take you from this place. Oh, please do, darling. Please. I'm so sick. Oh, calm yourself. Let us go to your office. Yeah, sure, Sam. Now, Jordan, what do you know of this affair? Who were those men who started the fight? Never saw them before in my life. Jordan, I hope you realize that I will be under great pressure regarding this case. From the uh, high authorities? My department was instructed to provide protection for these two celebrities during their stay in Cairo. So you see that my reputation is at stake. Well, so is mine. This doesn't do the tambourine any good. Please, Jordan. 
What I am trying to tell you is that I must produce a suspect in this case, and very soon. Sure, find yourself a pigeon, Sam. It is most interesting that this robbery should happen in your cafe, that the light should go out at just the right time. Hey, wait a minute. What are you driving at? Only this. If I find the slightest fragment of evidence that you are in any way involved in this affair, I shall make the most of it. Is that clear, Jordan? Sam wasn't kidding. He was over a barrel. He needed an out, but I wasn't planning on being it. Well, we had quite a job putting the tambourine back in order that night. The count's table was the biggest mess. Broken bottles... Gloria Van Heusen's face powder spread all over the tabletop, food all over the floor. Well, the next morning I put a call into the insurance company and went downtown to pick up a new order of chairs. I was going down to Sharia Alfie when I caught a whiff of bourbon walking alongside of me. I looked up. It turned out to be a big man carrying a mashed face. He had a voice like a gravel truck unloading. Hiya, buddy. I recognized him right away. His name was Victor Sands, and he was a small-time crook trying hard for the big time. I've been reading about you in the newspapers, right? Yeah, I'm a pretty good copy. That was quite a jewel heist you had yourself down at the tambourine last night. Oh, just part of the floor show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, floor show. All right, you can stop hatching eggs, Sands. What do you want? Uh, just a little conversation with my buddy. And you picked the wrong man. Oh, no, no, I didn't, Rocky. You're my buddy. You're on my team. <laughs> How do you figure that? Real easy, pal. I paid you to team up with me. You've been hitting the bottle pretty hard, Sands. They'll be caught you away. Oh, just a nip. Celebration on the big deal I just worked out with you and my team. Well, clear it up for me, will you? Sure, buddy, sure. Check your bank account lately. Yeah? A little bloated, ain't it? Maybe they're paying high interest rates. Nah, nah, nah. Know how it got that way? Well, I'll tell you. I wrote you a check for 250 pounds, deposited on your account. Had all the necessary signing done by friends. Well, that's real generous of you. I figure it's a small price to pay to put you on my team. Hey, look, I'm still way behind you. Pretty nice rock I found myself down at the tambourine last night. Oh. So you stole the diamond, huh? Hire yourself a couple of boys to start a fight and lift the jewel. Something like that. Well, that's big time for you. I figured I was ready for graduation. How do the 250 pounds in my bank account fit? That's the price I'm paying you to help me get the rock out of the country. You're a clown, aren't you? Pretty good plan I got, buddy. You see, you got yourself a couple of cases of Turkish olives from Ankara last week. You just got around to looking at them, and what do you know? You tell me. Those ain't the olives you ordered at all. They gotta go back. What do you think goes back to Ankara with them? One slightly hot diamond brooch. Uh, you must have a headache, Sands, all that thinking. Oh, that don't matter, none. Not a bit. When I unload that rock, I figure I'll be able to afford a lot of aspirins. What if I don't go along? Ain't I told you, buddy? You ain't got no choice. Tell me why. In the first place, the heist was worked in your dump, so Captain Sabaya's looking at you right off. Go on. And somehow, real mysteriously, he finds out I've been paying you dough. Now, what's Sabaya gonna say to that? Why's a crumb like me pay you good dough? Because you're working for me. What else? Your brain's been going overtime. Like I said, graduation. Now think it over, Jordan. Don't rush. We'll meet again, buddy. He threw out a grin and shuffled off. I watched him go down to the corner and climb into an automobile. A bald-headed guy wearing thick horn-rimmed glasses drove him away. I did a little fast thinking. A frame! But how much of it was bluff? Well, it was time to find out. 
I hustled over to the bank, found Hennessy, and had a little conversation. He checked my account, all right. The 250 pounds did belong to me. A deposit was made of a check signed by Victor Sands, and I did endorse it. At least the signature on the back was a dead ringer for mine. So far, things were working for Sands. But I decided to go over to the police station and have a talk with Sabaya. I figured if I could tell him of the frame before it came out, Sabaya wouldn't make it stick. I started down Queen Anne Boulevard, but I didn't get very far. A heavy hand grabbed onto my shoulder. The owner turned out to have a sour face. Hold up, Jordan. It was Sabaya's underling, Sergeant Greco, at Cairo Police. Mr. Jordan, I have been looking for you. Well, so are a lot of bill collectors. My business with you is much more important. Bill collectors don't think so. Stand still while I see if you have a gun. Eh, what is this? You know I don't carry one. Perhaps now you do, Mr. Jordan. Now that you have changed your profession. Clear that up, Greco. Come cafe owner to jewel me. Huh? Uh, under arrest, Mr. Jordan. We have just found the stolen diamond hidden in a box of Turkish olives in your kitchen. You should have found a better place to hide it. You're listening to Champagne, Caviar, and Hot Ice. Tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. Mystery and adventure join hands on CBS, and here's what's in store for listeners tomorrow, Monday night, on this same station. At 6, Captain from Castile, a thrilling adventure starring Cornell Wilde and Gene Peters is brought to you on Radio Theater. It's the radio adaptation from the screen story that finds high adventure in the Cortez conquest of Mexico. You'll enjoy the hour-long Captain from Castile, an absorbing yarn of the 16th century. Now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan, Champagne, Caviar, and Hot Ice. Well, the police had turned up the Count's stolen brooch in my kitchen. So Vinegar Face Greco took me over to the police station and into Sabaya's private office. Sam was sitting in his squeaky chair looking real official. When he saw me come in, he got up and walked to the police safe and threw it open. Here is Mr. Jordan, Captain. I found him walking down Queen Anne Boulevard. Just one moment, Sergeant. Ah, here it is, Jordan. I suppose, Jordan, that Sergeant Greco told you we uncovered this stolen diamond? Yeah, he said something I like that. I suppose he also told you that we found it hidden in your kitchen. In a case of Turkish olives. Not seem to consider the matter very serious. You know, I didn't steal the diamond, Sam. We have enough evidence, Mr. Jordan, to see to it. Can't you deflate you... this bag of wind, Sam? Uh, Sergeant, would you see that my car is made ready? Mr. Jordan and I are going for a uh, ride in a moment. Hey, yes, Captain. I'll attend to it right away. Jordan, you are aware that you are in serious trouble. It's been some talk. The robbery of the brooch took place in your establishment. The stolen property was also found on your premises. You, you no doubt have an explanation. And his name is Victor Sands. And what has he to do with this? He pulled the snatch and hid the jewel of my place trying to get me to help him ship it to Turkey. Would not another explanation be more simple? Like what? That you yourself stole the jewel and planned to ship it to Turkey? Ah, oh, you're off base, Sam. Jordan, I told you once before, the Count is an important man. I mean to find the thief. And I will find him, Jordan. Settle Even down, the... Sam. You're beginning to steam. Very well, Jordan. I will look into this Victor Sands for the sake of what friendship we may have had. 
Yeah, that's what I like about you. You're real sincere. Now, let us go over to see Count Lukovic so that he may identify the brooch. I'm with you. And we shall also allow him to decide whether or not he wishes me to hold you, John. Count Lukovic and Gloria Van Heusen had adjoining suites at the Shepherd Hotel. Sam and I drove over in his limousine, a couple of Cairo's policemen going along. The front men let us in, and there were Lukovic and Gloria Van Using having a little supper by the window. The Count didn't care much for the interruption, but when Sam sprung the news, he was more than welcome. Ah! <laughs> this is most marvelous news. This is not so, Gloria. Oh, yes, Ivan. I'm deliriously happy. Uh... Dear Captain Zavala, how can we ever thank you? I was but doing my duty, Miss Van Heusen. And most excellently, Captain Zobaya, the immortal house of Lukovich is in your debt. I only regret that you have suffered the inconvenience. You honor me, Count Lukovich. I will personally see that the right authorities learn of your excellent work. Now tell me who perpetrated this foul robbery. Yeah, they say I did, Count. You, Mr. Jordan? Yeah. Brooch was found in my cafe. So, that was your gratitude for our honored visit to your dive of iniquity. How dare you? Spoken of love from Lukovic. Take it easy, you... Count. Sabaya knows I didn't do it. Silence! Captain Sabaya, take this common thief from my presence. Place him behind bars at once. Oh, Captain Lukovic, you wish to swear out a warrant, then? Most certain. I will personally see that this man Jordan rots in the foulest dungeon. Oh, Ivan, darling, we have the brooch now. That's all that matters. Couldn't we forget it? No, I will never forget it. This ingrate must be punished. But, darling. Darling, a sword in court trial. It would be so distressing. My nerves could never stand it. They couldn't. My poor broken flower. And the awful, awful publicity. Oh, Ivan. Ivan, haven't I suffered enough? Very well. You are most fortunate, Mr. Jordan. You may release me. As you say. But, Jordan, I must warn you to be available on your Sure, sure, Sam. I'll stick around. I'll get it. Hello? Oh, yes, yes, he's here. I'll put him on. It's for you, Captain Savaya. Uh, thank you, Captain Savaya. Yes, sir. Mr. Jordan, you said the diamond was found in your cafe. Gloria, do not speak to this man. Where was it hidden? In my kitchen. Figure that one out, Miss Van. Oh, what? silence, you thief. If you will both excuse me, there is an urgent matter at headquarters. Of course, Captain Spock. Uh, please do not hesitate if I can be of uh, further service. <laughs> Good day. After you, darling. What's that, eh? More of the usual trouble. A man with three bullet holes in his body has just been kissed out of the Nile, named Heinzman. With the morgue now. Let's have a look at him. Please, I have had enough of your company for today. Sam, I'm being a good boy. You told me to stick around. As you wish, Jordan. I crowded into the limousine with Sam and his uniformed playmates, and we went back to headquarters. We went downstairs to the morgue and had a look at Heinzman. Sergeant Greco's latest catch from the Nile. I didn't enjoy the sight, but I kept looking. He was puffy, bald-headed, and had worn thick horn-rimmed glasses. I'd seen this man alive just the day before as he drove off down the Sharia Alfi with Victor Sands. 
Well, Victor Sands was the man with a lot of answers, and it was time for some conversation with him. It took me a couple of hours of digging to turn him up, but I finally did. He was holed up in a small dive off the Shariello Par, dipping into an afternoon booze bottle. I sat down across the table from him. He didn't seem surprised to see me. Hiya, buddy. I'm expecting you. Yeah, I made it sooner, but I was tied up. Ah, uh, don't matter now. Hey, want to drink? Yeah, drink later, Sam. Let's talk now. But I had another idea. I stopped and listened. He's around here somewhere, Chucky. Well, come on, we're spread out, Salvador. They were somewhere behind me, and both of them were looking now. So I cut off to my left and headed back to the highway. The cars were about 100 yards down the road, and I used my last lung getting there. Lenore was still unconscious, so I climbed in the white convertible with the unconscious nylons and drove off. I'd been driving for about 15 minutes when I noticed something lying on the seat beside the still-sleeping Lenore. It was her purse, and she didn't wake up when I grabbed it. Doing a rummage job at 80 miles an hour isn't easy, but there wasn't much of interest anyway, just a little black book. I needed a gimmick, so I stuck it in my pocket. I put the purse back on the seat just as she started coming around. Well, now that's it, baby. Sit up and look at the scenery. How did you get here? Where's Yuki and Salvador? Playing Peter Pan. Jaw hurt? Yes. You heal. Well, play rough and you get hurt. Where do I take you? My apartment, I guess. I drove her to her place on East 51st and walked her to the door. She looked at me like a fat woman eyeing a French pastry, and her mouth slipped down to her shoelaces when I gave her a peck on the cheek and left her standing with an old front doorknob in her hand. I went back to the office and took out her little black book. There were a lot of names, and some of them I knew. Yuki, and after it, likes his work. And Salvador. And after his name, has own gun. And oh, yes, yes, Richard Diamond, too. I never did figure out what the three stars were for. But three other names and addresses put me in second gear. One was in the village, another down by the East River, and the last was somewhere in Chinatown. All of them were a setup for a dead man who wanted to make himself scarce. I wanted to talk with Wharton to, before I started. Over in Bullock, along the waterfront, there's a dive where you can buy anything. A wife, some dreams, or information. Just sit there with a pound note showing, and the seller will come to you. I sat there for a couple of hours. First, somebody trying to sell me a wife, but I wasn't in the market. I wasn't there for dreams, either. It was closing in on night when I had company once again. A worn-out babe of 50 with leftover beauty and an eye for the future through a crystal ball. He's up to the table. Yeah, that's right, Shirley. I am fortunate to have powers beyond the realm of mortal man. Or woman, as the case may be. I can look at my crystal ball and see all. When the veil is lifted, I am. This pound note lifted? Ah, just the right Tell me about a bald-headed Dutchman who wears thick horn-rimmed glasses. His name is Heinz. I don't care about his name. Tell me about his occupation. Oh, Anna Maria Henry. I fear the veil is not lifted high enough. Yeah, yeah. All right, here. Here's another pound. Ah, now, I see you, Hannah, South Africa. 
I see that he is a jeweler. I see that he must leave Johannesburg very quickly. It seems that the Schultz was proficient in the art of Oh, you can ring down the veil, girlie. I got enough. Oh, but the Cindy, I can say so much more. Go ahead if you want to. I won't be here to listen. It only took me 25 minutes to get over to Victor's apartment. I didn't ring the bell because my thumb was sore. I just used my shoulder to push in the door. Even this time, he didn't seem surprised to see me. Is that why you wear such big shoulder pants, buddy? Yeah, comes in handy. I'm creating a lot of enemies. My landlady's gonna hate you. And she'll hate you too, buddy. Remember, we're on the same team. Look, I get tired of explaining. Esther, come here. Some private dick wants to talk to you. She's Miss Brown's private maid. Yes? Uh, your husband tells me you work for Miss Brown. Yeah, what's she done? She got many friends. Man friends? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know a man with a scar? Sure, I know lots of them. What are you talking about, woman? I met someone who Miss Brown knows. What did you mean by that, mister? Look, I really don't know anybody with a scar, and now you better beat it. Yeah, get moving. And I want to talk to you, woman. Get in there. Yes, honey. I knew she was going to get bruised, but he looked rough enough to cut my windpipe, and I wanted someplace to pour my coffee down in the morning. So I got out of there fast and headed for the last address in the little black book. The place was on one of those narrow, dark streets that looked like the inside of a grave. The sign above the door read Tangy, so I pushed open the door and went in. If I didn't find the man with the scar here, I was out on two strikes. It was a little restaurant on the bottom floor of a two-story building. A quiet waiter slipped up and showed me to a booth. He shoved a menu in my hand and disappeared before I could ask him anything. The place was empty except for an old couple sitting near the door. The waiter said something to them, and they looked quickly over at me, and then they left in a hurry. The room was completely empty now. Even the waiter had disappeared. I looked up at a flight of stairs at the far end of the room. A pair of very healthy ankles came into view, and they were holding up a pair of legs that ran my blood pressure up to 190 again. I eased my gun out and held it under the table. She turned the corner and started down toward my booth like a loose snake in a rabbit pen. Mind if I sit down? Well, it's, uh, it's your party. Shame on you. Don't you know it's not nice to pilfer a lady's handbag? Now Lenore will have to spank. Looks like the last address paid off. If you're buying shrouds, it did. Hey, uh, curtains, me. I have nothing, nothing. Between us, we do not need words. Uh, a look is enough to tell what each of us has in his heart. Oh, gentlemen, better shoes than the greatest of Russian actresses. But not so hot as it used to be. Sure, What do you mean? Ivan, Ivan, don't listen to him. He's just talking. Enough of this. Come, Jordan, tell the Count and let's have done with it. Well, this girlfriend of yours did a tie-in with Victor Sand. They got a Dutchman named Heinzman to make a copy of your brooch. Lies! She wore the real brooch to my place the other night. When the fight started and the lights went out, she slipped the real brooch into her powder box. The pony was planted so it would turn up and be returned to you as the real one. You wouldn't know the difference. Then Gloria and Victor would hightail it out of the country with the real brooch. No, I do not believe it. She would not deceive me like that. Tell me, Peter. 
tell me if it's not true. Doesn't matter what she says, Count. Victor's got a speech to make, too. He's not going to take the rap alone. You know, there's Heinzman's murder on the docket, too. This is Remove her from the eyes of the Count, Captain. That you? Come along. My limousine is waiting for us. He's on my There'll be so many enemies tomorrow. But don't be sad, my sweet. What is a lost love but a golden opportunity to love him? Come, my child. Some other dame will come along and give you a transfusion. But how could she do this to me? How could she deceive me? Me, a descendant of the imperial family. How could this happen to me? You got me, Count. But then, why should it not happen to me? After all, Mr. Jordan, this is a terrible addition to make, but... Uh... No, I can guess. The, uh, the real brooch is a phone, too. Made for me by a glass over in Brooklyn, USA. Come, Mr. Jordan, you may watch me become inebriate. It's CBS again at the same time next week for another story of adventure and intrigue when we take you back to Cairo and the cafe Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. Jack Moyle plays the title role with story by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool. Rocky Jordan is produced and directed by Cliff Powell with original music by Richard Abram. Larry Thor speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.